All right, everybody, welcome back to the Green Mountain Sports Roundup. I am Ernesto Sanchez. I'm here with Marty Griffin, who's about to open a beer, and John Downing. And it's uh, time for a quick recap of this week in sports. All right, boys, how are we doing this week? Doing well. Fantastic. The goat remains the goat. <laughs> Kept a great week for Johnny's birthday. Yes. Thanks yes. Happy yes. belated birthday. Great party. Oh, yeah, we had a great time. Shook my ass for the last hour of that part. It was. I the got videos it. are starting to come out. Yeah, yeah. It's, I, I have a couple. Starting of to surface. They're starting to surface. <laughs> Incrimination. I I gotta admit it was uh, it was a little tame for like the first three hours. There's lots An abundance of, of children in there. Lots of children. Lots of family. Lots of older people. Um, but I gotta say I came in clutch with the uh, big ass speaker. Uh, to really kick off the last hour and a half. Absolutely. That's when my mother decided she wasn't going to stay the night at the hotel. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I have a long history of uh, convincing mothers to leave. Getting bar- parties turned up, as yeah. they say. Well, you know what okay. We started doing shots and everything. Hey, uh, and congratulations to all of us pretty much throughout the day, not living on our phones watching sports. We did well being in the moment. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, yes, yes. Absolutely. Um, so uh, we're here, episode three, episode uh, Adam Vinatieri. Um, oh, yeah. 345 games, 679 attempts with 573 made, long of 57. The GOAT, as far as <laughs> kicking goes. We'll see what Justin... Best Patriots player ever. Uh, I prefer to think of him as a cult, but... Uh, Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> Why are we, sh- g- we shitting on Johnny with those two minutes of the show? He had the game-winning kicks against the Super Bowl against the Rams and against the Panthers. Oh, God. I was very As scared. the time... And the snowball kick. And I was at that game. Were you at that game? Oh, yeah. That kick did not look like it was going in. It was just straight forever. And it just like was an angel could- carrying it through the snow. <laughs> and a level. It was unbelievable. Very awesome. cool. I did not know that. So who, who else you boys got for uh, episode three? Diana Taurasi. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> and I've got the answer. Right. Number three, Alan Iverson. Oh, okay. I was going to ask, what's the... Uh, I hey, see what you did there. Mine's better than yours. She was a three-time NBA champion. I mean, your boy. Man. One-time runner-up. <laughs> Gets the Lakers, yep. correct? That's right. All right. Did they win a game in that series? They won, Yeah, four to one. It was four, four to one. one. They faced off twice in a row, right? No. No, it was the Nets one year for the Lakers. And oh, that's correct. Yeah, it was once. All right. A little history, a little beginnings. Oh, yeah. So we're, uh, we're coming to you live on Monday night, even though you're going to be listening to it uh, probably Tuesday evening, if not later. Uh, Amari Cooper's on the board already for uh, the Dallas Cowboys. Mike, yeah, we want to jump into this thought? and just kick off NFL this week. Uh, yeah, they just kicked off not too long ago, being Monday night. Uh, this is the Titans versus Dallas going into Dallas, both three and four uh, coming into this game. Both teams coming off buys. Both teams lost uh, the last games before the bye. So, you know, they're slipping in the AFC South a little bit. Uh, Texans are gaining a little bit of speed, so they're fighting for something right now. And obviously the Cowboys, NFC East, um, you know, they're a game and a half behind the Redskins after them losing to the Falcons, showing a little bit of uh, weaknesses in that game, I think. And we still have the Philadelphia Eagles who are 4-4, four and four, so not out of it in the NFC East. We're doing really well. 
Uh, next week, next Sunday night yeah. football. Yeah, baby. It's going to be Dallas Philly. Yep. And um, like you were saying, Washington yeah. slipping, they lost their guard, Brandon Shreve today, who's like their best offensive oh, yeah. lineman. So okay. that's a big loss for them. Yeah, so a lot of people feeling a little bit of those uh, early season woes in the NFC East. Uh, uh, you know, the Giants are irrelevant by any means. They're not there. Uh, I don't even know how long Eli lasts this season. That's a whole other discussion. But going into this game tonight, uh, both teams are fighting for a lot. Like we just uh, said, Amari Cooper was picked up, and he just scored uh, not too long ago. And another turnover for Dallas. Dallas uh, got the ball the first time off of turnover which led to a touchdown so a lot going riding i think in my mind for the cowboys tonight guys they uh fired their offensive line coach they picked up mark colombo who you know me being a 90s dallas fan it was a huge pickup he's a player's player he knows what he's doing he knows how to scheme a good running back a la back in the past emmett smith you know with a quarterback who can just fire from every side, which Dak needs to prove that this year. It was a, you know, it's been a receiver by committee, but now with Amari Cooper coming in, you're talking about two previous years, a thousand yard receiver, John. Um, both those years disappointing. Disappointing. Thousand yard receiver. Yeah, which is surprising. So you know, initially when we talked about this, I was definitely kind of just down on it because we gave up a first round draft pick. But seeing coming out of the camp, the players talking excited about this. Uh, Zeke feeling like it's going to open up a little bit for him with the new offensive line coach as well. They're talking about pressing forward. You're talking about those inside one and two gap holes, like starting trying to get in the middle, trying to suck that defense further inside to open up the outside to shoot those lanes for Cole Beasley and Amari Cooper. Uh, you know, if Tavon Austin comes back, maybe that Amari Cooper thing opens up for him too. He's a little bit of a speedster and a cutter as well. So, How do you think it affects Michael Gallup? Well, he's going to be free on the outside. Right. You know, I don't think there's any expectations there. He's he's done well. He had a good game last. You know, before he doesn't need to be the number one guy anymore. Yeah. So I think that'll have a big. Maybe push as hard for it. Yeah. You know, well, he hasn't been the number one guy thus far, anyways. Cole well, he's been the number one guy on the outside. Well, right. Right. So as far as the other team is concerned, he's been. The and the sad one. thing, getting he... the number one cornerback attention, which for a rookie is a tough spot to come into. Right. Now that's a Marty Cooper. And the Cooper. sad thing, the sad thing is we don't even talk about we don't even talk about Hearns. You know, what was he going to do for us this year? I really don't know. What can he do for us still this year? Um, so there's a lot of questions still to be had, but I want to see a good showing tonight against the Titans. It's a ninth-ranked defense, the Titans, so it's a good tester for the Cowboys young tonight. Young and fast. Young and fast. Uh, you're talking about a young offensive you know, scheme uh, with the receivers for Dallas on the other side as well. So I, I'm still predicting. We, we all pick Cowboys, correct, tonight? Oh, yeah. early. Minus six and a half. Yeah. Because we're going with the ESPN spread. Right. I know it was four right. for the game. But but I still I'm, I, I think I predicted this game to be, I believe, 24 to um, 14. So did you guys see Michael Irvin today on first take? Loved it. You saw it? Yeah. Oh, Sweating yeah. bullets. Oh, yeah. In that hat. Holy moly. <laughs> still loved by the Cowboy fan base. Oh, did he get it? Long run. Sorry, we're trying to watch this. We're too ADHD to be trying to do a podcast and watch a football game. Especially if the game of that team. Exactly. Like, if I'm watching the Patriots You're right now, like, what are you I'm doing not to me? <laughs> this is not a competition. You turned yours off. We might have to turn that one off as well. But uh, Irving was awesome. I, I am not a big fan of Stephen A. Smith. But his top five reasons of why hating Dallas hit so close to me, being somewhat removed from being in the bubble of the Dallas. So it was Dak Texas. Five. 
Dak five. Garrett four. Four. Which half the crowd applauded for, mind you. Dak was a big boo, but valid points. He's he's got to prove something. He had a great rookie season, but what's he going to do this year? Maybe not set up to be successful. We're going to figure this out. They're giving him some, and he even acknowledged with Cooper, he's got to step it up. So that's huge. Jones was three. Jones was three. What was two? Two. One was the fan. One was the fan. America's team. Okay. Two was like, you know, come on. It's a disgrace. And as a Cowboys fan, don't disown me, all my family members who might be listening to this. But it's true. We are not America's team anymore. We are been irrelevant. Two playoff games in 23. That's what they kept 23 saying. 23 years. Two or 23. Yeah. You know? So it's just like, what pride do you carry with that? You're talking about the value of the franchise. Yes, they're the number one viable franchise in the NFL. And that's because of the fan base, which is Stephen, uh, Stephen A. Smith was talking about. Was like you keep selling out, losing seasons, and supporting this mega stadium and buying this apparel. That's a good You're point. making them rich. Why would they want to change? You can be subpar with limited expectations, bring in a star here and there, and just kind of fill that pipe dream and fill those people full of hope, just to be let down. So yeah, fans, cowboy fans, step up, demand more, and demand more. I want more. This has been a disgrace for the last. Two decades. Did you hear Michael Irvin when he said that God was still writing his Bible? <laughs> I mean, what do you even? How do you even respond to that? Uh, he's well, writing the Bible he's, through the Cowboys. I never took him to be that TV personality and that let that guy like you could fall in love with and like really just be passionate about the game still. And he surprised me a little bit. He fired me up for tonight's game. Yeah. I'm like, oh, we, we man, saw, we saw the tread. I mean, we should need a, a separate episode about John's, you know, just eating, you know, text trends. Like how, how he's feeding us all day long with all this excitement. <laughs> you're plugged in. If there is a sports matrix, you're locked in and you're fueling that cell. All right. Well, <laughs> speaking, speaking of John uh, texting things and, and feeding, uh, you know, the, the craziness. Uh, today I get a text from John that says, Lev is back. And I immediately go on my Twitter and I start, you know, scrolling through my, all my guys and, try, and trying to figure out if there's legitimacy to this or not. And I, I assume you're referring to Lev Bell's uh, tweet that said, farewell Miami. Okay? That's where he's been. Yeah. Right. We haven't seen... Or heard anything from him, and I just want to play you something real quick. From it's a we, we mean the Steelers. The Steelers and all and and Pittsburgh fan base, Pittsburgh media. fan base, the media, everything. I just want to play you real quick uh, this sound clip from Mike Tomlin. Uh, we got great belief in our offensive line. Uh, they're doing a great job opening holes for him. But to James's credit, uh, he's running, catching, blocking, doing all the things that we ask our future runner to do. Do you think this team still needs Le'Veon Bell back with as good as Connor's fight? You know, we had to spend a lot of time focused on it because it's not within our control. Um, those decisions are Le'Veon's. Uh, we need volunteers, not hostages. So I was just going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> volunteers. Not hostages. Yes. And and you know what? I, th- this is the first thing that Mike Tomlin has said in a uh, in a in a media setting in a long time that I was like, holy shit! Yes, he gets it. I don't think Lev Bell has a starting job if and when he gets there. And I know Lev Bell's going to hear this. And who knows if he shows up? I think we've moved on. Le'Veon Bell's getting paid $855,000 per game. 
James Conner is getting paid seven hundred ninety thousand for the year until twenty twenty one, and they're rolling so, right now. I'm I think tired of deciphering the freaking tweets. This is what we do every week. We have our Love Bell segment of the show, and it's annoying as hell because I feel like it gets oh, us. Oh yeah, it's annoying for you, John. And we don't even know what's going on. <laughs> I'm so now, I'm so it, sorry that we've you're said annoying. three weeks in a row we're not going to talk about it. <laughs> and then every Monday there's something new on Le'Veon Bell, and of course it's on NFL Live. They kick off with it, and it's uh, Love Bell. Does it taste so long, Miami or something? Was it see you, Miami? It's been real, something uh, like that. Farewell, farewell, Miami. So what does that even and mean? And like a and a and a and a black hand emoji. So what does that even mean? Because <laughs> we're suckers. We just keep feeding on the teeth. Just like <laughs> he's trying more. He's trying like, to stay. He's trying to stay relevant as Connor is le- uh, leading the league in forced missed tackles. He's got two more forced missed tackles than Saquon Barkley. Now, granted. Um, Saquon's got a couple more touches than he has, like 10 more total touches. He's got five more than Kareem Hunt, who's got five fewer touches. And um, star of the show last night, Alvin uh, Kamara, uh, only has 22 forced missed tackles. I mean, this, this kid is absolutely killing it. He has um, eight rushes for... Or excuse me, nine, including yesterday. Nine rushes for 20-plus yards, right? He's got uh, 10. He's the first Steeler to have 10 touchdowns in the first eight games. Le'Veon Bell's record is 11 touchdowns yeah. in, a, in a season. Like, he is blowing Le'Veon out of the water, and I think a big, a big reason is, is, is his spirit and his team-first mentality, and he's just fucking happy to be there. And he's putting the work in. And with that, I want to talk about um, the first game of the season where I was like, holy shit, we're playing Steelers football. Like, I'm liking what I'm seeing. Um, so the Kansas City game where it's just like, whoa. Yeah. I, I was You talked me off the ledge on that game. That was a crazy game. It was just. To give up so many points in that first half. And then it almost teased you a little bit to come back just to make some stupid mistakes at the end, too. Yeah. So, so um Love this game. Uh, ben had a little bit of a slow start again. I think that's going to be what we see from him as an older quarterback. You know, he's not as dialed in as Brady is. He's had more injuries. He's had. He's always struggled on the road too. He's always struggled on the road. Speaking of injuries, he needs to learn how to go down. Oh Jesus! And not yeah. try to stretch or play. Yeah, but that's you know, his thing. That's what I makes know, him. That's what makes him great. Falling on that throwing shoulder again for Big Ben. He is not. That, you get that was the season's over. Then. <laughs> yeah. So it's back on. Even I'm sitting. So here's the thing, like I get to live with this guy and see how he celebrates on Monday, but the turmoil that ensues on Sunday, I'm walking up the stairs after golfing tomorrow, all I hear is Fuck Jake! Don't do this to me again! I'm like, oh shit, Steelers are playing. Yeah. Um, that was a horrible moment. You know, he gets he gets what, two hundred and sixty pounds directly on his shoulder, not to mention Plus the his two, weight. One, not to mention the two. One thing later he's back in the game throwing twenty five yards downfield. Hold on a second. He was throwing fifty five yards downfield and <laughs> and that was a great moment for Josh Dobbs to come off the off the uh, off the bench cold and throw a very crucial th- third down pass twenty yards down the field. Uh, to Juju Smith-Schuster to keep that drive alive. Uh, I thought that showed a lot of maturity from Dobbs, and uh, especially considering what we saw from him throughout the preseason, 
that gives me a lot of faith moving forward. If anything should happen to Ben or when Ben does have to eventually uh, pass the torch, it really seems like Mason Rudolph's not ready. Josh Dobbs can come in and, and sling the ball around and, and make some plays. He's like one, one play. He stepped in. I mean, it's a great play, but it's one play. I think yeah. they doubt they're just going to like stack the line and rush it and punt it, and they just caught him off guard right there. It was a great call. It was a, it was a phenomenal call, and the kid stepped up in the moment. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's you know that's it is what it is. But so they defeat the Ravens, so they lost at home to the Ravens right. a few weeks back. So it was nice to even that for the Steelers. It was important to even out the season series right. one one because you know you know the Ravens are playing. Pretty well this year, and it could come down to the very end. They're so you don't want to be the best two games in the zero two against right the Ravens. Now. Yeah. Well, you did, so you certainly don't want to be zero two against the Ravens. And really, this was kind of a nail in the coffin for the Ravens because at this they fall to four and five, and that's going to be a, a, a little huge, too much for them to climb. A out huge of. hole for them to climb out of in the AFC North. But the Ravens have gone on late season runs before, and one of them even led to a Super Bowl in two thousand twelve. Noted, noted. I think keys keys for um, for this game were that Matt Filer filling in for an injured Marcus Gilbert, missing his second straight week. Um, the anchor, absolutely killing it. You know, we have a lot of depth on our O line, which is amazing. Uh, you know, guys like B.J. Finney and Chuksakor for uh, being able to uh, step in and really make a difference. And you really didn't Finney pancaked a couple of people yesterday too. Yeah, you didn't you you didn't really see uh, any kind of drop off. I thought uh, what the Ravens were doing with Lamar Jackson uh, in that wildcat weird thing um, was almost complete entirely ineffective because he wasn't a pass. Um, uh, there there was no danger of him passing. So every time uh, he was in the game. They just stacked the line and waited for yeah, him. Like and, yeah, you know what's coming. Right, exactly, you know. exactly. And what should be one thing, like if you're a Ravens offensive coordinator and you see that switch, is like you should give that kid or that offensive line the audible to try to create some short throw or like at least a deep throw away. You know, if you know you're not going to get it, like try to press it and try to get, get that team off guard. But uh, oh, it was some bad play calling for the Ravens yesterday as well. Yeah. I think, again, the Steelers really dictated the pace of play there. They're, they didn't have any of those big chunk plays, but they were, they were just kind of grinding it down, which is like Steelers football, possession football, control the clock. Doing we what had, they want to do. Absolutely. We had, we had nine, nine plays for a touchdown, 12 plays for a touchdown, 15 plays for a touchdown, 11 plays for a field goal. We were just dictating the pace of play. We were uh, three for four in the red zone. Um, I think Randy Feekner's offense is really working for the Steelers. It's working for Ben. He's allowed to use that big frame and sneak the ball sometimes. He had a rushing yeah. touchdown last night, you know, on the QB sneak. Uh, or not last night, but yesterday. And, uh, you know, that's, that's against the best AFC defense um, at home, at, you know, at their home. Can I ask you a question? Sure. Have you looked at your Steelers' remaining schedule? Um, yes. That would dim my hopes a little bit. You got it written down there? Carolina in Pittsburgh this week. Okay. Then at Jacksonville, at Denver, which is always tough no matter how mediocre they are. At home against the Chargers, who are as hot as anyone in the AFC right now. Mm -hmm. At Oakland, gimme. 
home against New England, always a great game. At the Saints, mm-hmm. that's not going to be easy. And then home against Cincy. There's not many gimmies on there. There's not a lot of gimmies, but also there are some deep holes in the AFC North right now. Uh, Ravens have dug themselves Seem a to be hole. going the opposite direction. Right. Um, Cleveland is clearly already out of it. What's Cincinnati going to do? They're a, while. They're a question. AJ well, Green's out a few weeks. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think at this point we just need to tread water. If we come out of, uh, so you think nine wins would do it? Nine, six, and one. Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay, absolutely. Um, and, and, and I, I think, think I think, be, I think can, that might be a little better than I that. I think too. we can do better than that. I think our our defense um, is is picking up the switch. Um, Bud Dupree and and TJ Watt switching sides. Um, has really helped this year, and um, I just think I think we got a lot of options. It, it, we need to stay healthy yeah. is really the thing. I would that say needs to get rid of the ball and not take stupid shots. Coming out of this final stretch here, the final eight games with only three losses or less would be mighty impressive, in my opinion. Just because you look at the way some of these teams play, Carolina, physical, tough. At Jacksonville, they seem to have the Steelers' number, even though they're not playing well last year. They beat them yeah. twice We're playing, in Pittsburgh. We are playing... Then you go to Mile High, Denver. Oh, we are playing much different plays than, much than we were the last couple times we played Jacksonville, where the defense is a lot more aggressive. You got, Don't forget that that's against a, a Todd Haley offense that they were... Yeah. And the offense looks a Just whole lot Just not a desirable now. schedule, that's all. If, if you go in that Denver game and it's snowing, I even like the Steelers more with Connor right there because yeah. what quarterback is... What's Kenan going to do? In a game like that, go downfield to what receivers? We didn't know what the identity that's going to be losing to Marius Thomas. Well, they they should have won yesterday. Yeah. Well, if it wasn't for the missed field goal at the yeah. end of the game, which, which McManus. I took Denver in that game. Oh, though. yeah. I thought they were going Denver to that had game. that game. Yeah, for sure. They blew it. And you even did you see Bill O'Brien as the game, as the game was I over? I didn't catch that. He, hurt. So they win the game. McManus yeah. misses the 51 yard field goal to, that would have won the game. And uh, Bill O'Brien's running off the field. And he goes, thanks, thanks, Vance, you dumb fuck. <laughs> Are you serious? Oh, my gosh. Wow. Wow. Classic. And talking about your Steelers, too, and what I've been watching a few games with you this year is, like, the play calling in, in, in certain situations. Oh, the one yesterday, they just got it ahead and run up more clock, and Connor doesn't come in for that series whatsoever. Oh, uh, no. He's just like... Yeah, you got to keep that defense honest. Like, what were they going to do in that situation right there? Yeah, they run. They run uh, Stephen Ridley at that point, and it's it's a tough it's a tough look. But for, you, or add, no, you um, add an extra receiving Stevens. back, and you can stretch that field because all you need is like six yards and two plays, and you don't play them in that series. I was just baffled. I'm like, all right, first play, cool, getting a breather. Second play, thought he might be there. Third down, where the fuck is he? So, so I mean, it's it's a constant battle of. Uh, there's so much talent on this team and so much smarts on this team, and the coaching coaching f's them up all the time. Ben Roethlisberger took a very smart sack at the end of oh, I mean that was on a better third, play that on was, third down yeah. to just you know hold on to the ball, not not stop the clock, not try to create a pass, not even try to throw it out and just stop the clock. He just decided to take what's four or five more yards if you're going to give it away. You burn forty more seconds off the clock. Right, exactly. Um, Juju was the leading receiver in this um, in this game again. Although he did have uh, an just an awful drop 
um, in the second quarter. Yeah. Uh, but he still seven seven catches for seventy eight yards. Uh, Brown only had five for forty two with one touchdown. Um, I don't know. I feel really good about this team right now. I'm still not convinced that we can um, make it out of the first round. You know. Um, it's going to be tough. I just don't. You know I don't see us beating the Patriots. Or the and New England are going to be one-two most likely, and then you right. got the Chargers who are on track for the number three seed right now, who don't even have Bosa yet. And when they get Bosa back, he might be the best player, best best defensive player in the AFC. That's true, yeah. but you got to understand this: with Chargers can always be Chargers too, and just lose some dumb games to Denver. Well, they just cut their kicker, who, yeah. who's been who's been the, the, the reason that they they've been struggling. They struggled. They got to a terrible start last year was because. That new kicker, the wine kicker that they had, was missing game-winning kicks in like two or three of their first few well, games. Well, geez, I mean, we just we just paid Boz big money, and Bo- Boswell missed. Well, that was last year. Chargers f- has missed four um, extra point attempts this season. So wide right. About, I mean, it's so you're talking about what they corrected. They, well, no, they haven't corrected it, but they're still winning in in spite of the kicking problems. So okay. they cut Caleb Sturgis today. He's been missing extra points like crazy. So they're bringing in a new kicker. So they. They're not letting the games be close like they were last year. And they just seem to be trending in the right direction. I mean, the Chargers are a team that scares me. Well, I think across fans. the NFL, the field goal kick, he's been a huge yeah. play in a lot of teams and their records. I mean, you can talk to Cleveland all day long. You can talk to Saints early on. But, yeah. I mean, it's, it's proven that the rules change to move the extra point attempt back has been... That was a good, it was a good decision. Well, they want scoring to go up, but they want to keep a little bit of mystery, like if they can make this. I mean, they want to, like, if you miss a field goal here or there, you're tempted after, it, like, it is like an offside and you get closer to go, to for, go two. for two. You know, it's Absolutely. like, it's play, game. you know, what hurts the most is probably your beloved, you know, Steelers, because okay. they, they abandon that kick quick to go for two a lot. Yeah. With good reason. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Moving on to to the marquee game of no offense, Johnny, the marquee game of the weekend, the four o'clock game, uh, Rams versus Saints. Uh, it's not the battle of the goats. Marquee for us is Super Bowl. So oh, oh yeah. Jesus, go fuck yourself. I mean, you know, zip your pants back up and stop showing. Okay. You fans know, are, you know, Patriots just... fans are always pants off. <laughs> <laughs> yep, I believe that. <laughs> Uh, it hurts my soul. Pants off and like, you know, elbow to elbow and just jerking each other out. Loving it. All the time. Yep. So uh, just a hell of a game to watch. This game was so exciting. Both Marty and I couldn't bear to stay awake for the next game. We both fell asleep for <laughs> For the Pats game, <laughs> but it exposed the issues that the that the Rams have. Oh yeah, specifically absolutely. Marcus Peters in the secondary, who we knew was terrible last year in Kansas City, and their ineffectiveness and edge rush. Right, they but, cannot get on the outside. Marcus Peters was terrible, and the Rams didn't care, and they they, they traded for him. They gave up a high round draft pick for him, yep. and now he's hurting him again. You know, Michael Th- Thomas had him burn all the day more, yesterday. The more I looked into this game, that the more I, I kept like leaning back and oh, back hammer up the Saints. Saints. Hammer the Saints. All Drew Brees, Sean Payton. At home. Say what you want. Sean Payton's a great, you know, offensive mm-hmm. play caller. He knows how to design that. This We're one's talking, easy. You know, and coming from me, who hates, as a Cowboy fan, Wade fucking Phillips, and knowing how he steps up in big games sometimes, and I was just surprised by the overall. Like, you want to blitz Drew Brees? 
Try. Yeah. Go he gets the ball out so fast. He gets the ball exactly. out faster than Brady. It's, yeah, it's so absolutely kinda, insane. For Wade Phillips, that's not really. And we can talk about Thomas's game. He had a he had a career game yesterday. We can talk about the stupid fucking celebration oh, in one of the biggest moments come on. of your season. You Lex. put you put the I mean I get it. He's paying homage to the late I mean to, to one of the latest player well, what their latest greatest player ever, Joe Horn as a receiver. Like I understand that was his thing back in the day it was prop. NFL was loose, everything was fun, they're celebrating. Rules change. You know if you use a prop bet, you're gonna get a flag. So why use a fucking prop bet right there and take a chance of known penalty? Game? You're yes. gonna take a known penalty. Yes. Plant a phone on each side of the each side each goalpost before the game to take a known penalty in a game that might decide the NFC. It blew my mind. So whoever planted that for him, or if he took the chance of just planting that himself, it's no just, way he did that himself. He says he did. Because it was one game by getting somebody right. get in trouble. Yeah. He said Joe Horn had help with it. He, he got lost. He did it himself. You know, and even probably before that play, you tell yourself, like, don't be stupid and use that prop bet. And, you know, you're just riding that high after making that touchdown and basically sealing the game. In some retrospect, you got a lead that's comfortable to a degree. But to fucking lose your shit in that moment and not be... The Rams almost scored after yes. that. Yeah, if, if he catches that ball, doesn't drop it, they're uh-huh. going all the way down. So, um, But what? Peyton was pissed at him. You could see him saying, saying to Thomas, hey, listen. Give him a helmet you, slap. If you're going to be a leader on this team, we're going to go as far as we want to go. This you can't do not that. You cannot happen. do that. You cannot do that in a, in a game as, as big as that. Has to be smart. Uh, an, another big moment was that, um, was that crazy fake. You know, uh, Hexer gets the ball, sweeps out wide, right? Terrible spot on the ball. I don't know if you caught the play. Yeah. That's a terrible fucking spot on the ball. And then, and then you know, they challenge it, and then it's upheld. I just, I don't understand. Like they never move. The, when you challenge a spot like that, it's so hard to get it overturned. I just, you know, ridiculous. and I understand there's camera angles and, like, things aren't what they appear, but that, he has his arm fully extended, right, as he's sliding out of bounds. You can clearly see on the replay his knee never touches the ground, all right? At that point, they're buzzing. They have all the momentum on their side. Yeah, I got it. 100% convinced that they score on that drive with, with him Did making... They- Making that play, but as he slides out of bounds, his arm is a full yard. So and just a half. recap what the play was: it was a fake punt. It was Johnny a fake, Hecker. right? It was a, Johnny Hecker sweeps out wide right, and he's running out, and he he gets pushed as he's going out of bounds, and he great personal effort by him Throws keeps out. keep extends the ball out, keeps his knees. Off of off of the turf, he's sliding on the tops of his feet and ankles, out of bounds. But keeping the ball in the plane above the first first Absolute, down marker. Absolutely, and then he slides all the way out, and his arm is extended. Was that his arm on the sideline side or on on the on the side, side sideline side? Okay. He slides all the way out, and he you know how they have that like arrow marker on the sideline that down hits marker, that. First down marker, yeah. It hits him in the waist as he's sliding out of bounds. Yeah. And then and they, the spot of the ball was about a yard short. Yeah, no, 
terrible. And it was just it was just unbelievable. I think I think I'm not going to say that that was the turning point in the game or that lost the game for them, but to that point, neither they team They were coming back. Neither team well, it wasn't even that. Neither team had had um, punted yet. You know what I mean? Yeah. Each team was going shot for shot. First punt came in the third quarter. Yeah, yeah. Five minutes left. Five minutes left in the third was the first and punt And the funny the thing game. you said when I was sitting with you yesterday watching the game, you were like, you just turned to me like three minutes in, you're like, there might not be a punt in this game. I'm like, that might be true. You <laughs> yeah. never know. It was unbelievable. Uh, Malcolm Brown had an excellent second effort to, to, to tip let, toe in. Tip toe in. Oh, that my was God. a beautiful play. Would, that would be an underrated play because you just don't know how hard shit that is. And <laughs> I keep tapping the table. I'm sorry. <laughs> I talk with my hands, Bully. Uh, anyway, but like that was just amazing how he changed his direction, just held his line to that end zone. Yeah, that was beautiful. And even, even as most experts say in NFL, this kid would be starting for most teams if he went anywhere else that didn't have a premier already like top tier quarter uh, excuse me running back um, some guy named Todd Gurley <laughs> right. well that's what they're saying I mean, that kid comes in and he's just that they even have another guy running. too but their third string running back is, is supposed to be unbelievable as well yeah I mean you know both these teams are going to be back at it possibly at the end of the year and it's just going to be uh, a shootout it's exciting John- I mean NFC West is crazy Johnny do you see that block uh, that uh, that Ingram threw at the end of the second. Flipped that uh, linebacker. Oh just, yeah, just yeah, like oh man, like this game had so had so many different things. It, you know, the fake punt, the amazing blocks, touchdowns galore. Um, <clears throat> Thirty-five to forty-five. You know, the losing quarterback was twenty-eight uh, for forty, three hundred ninety-one yards, three touchdowns. Like, come on. This game had everything. Um, I don't know. So if they finish tied, now the Saints have the tiebreaker, and the game will have to be played in the Superdome, not L.A. Right. So that's the importance of this game. Yeah, and that's a that's a really smart uh, and football savvy fan base. I mean, they were yeah, Troy, they're talking about Troy yesterday. Aikman yeah. was talking about. It. He says, "You notice how every offensive play they just get quiet. It is dead silent." But the South is a tough division, so for the Saints to only keep one loss for the rest of the year. It's going to be a tough, tough chore because you still have to face Atlanta again. you got to face Carolina a couple times. So. so the NFL wants that game in the future. They don't give the play call to the uh, first down on that market we just talked about. They create drama. It's conspiracy. They just want that in the end. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Johnny. I just wanted to cap that off. Okay, that's where we're at. Let's, uh, let's hear about... The Pats game, since we both slept through it. <laughs> I can't believe you slept through it. So the promo <laughs> said, uh, MJ said, let's play it out on the field and determine who the GOAT is. Well, I mean, it wasn't very necessary for them to play it on the field. I mean, it's... it's the numbers play. speak for themselves. The numbers speak for themselves. We got, I, I we texted got you guys multiple, the messages yeah. all week. It's <laughs> ridiculous. It's I think so the, even the Packers hilarious. are, what, 6-12-1 and 12 and 1 in their last... 19 games. Aaron Rodgers is now, what, 40 and 40 as a road quarterback? Like, come the team on. has problems. I had to watch last night. Okay, can we, to talk I'll about talk that. about the problems. So, the problems with McCarthy needs to go as far as the Packers coach because the whole Packers offense, what it is, is it's designed to it, it 
excels on the busted play. Right. So if they run the ball, they run the ball, and that's fine with Aaron Jones. You know, it usually usually works, and he, he averages about what six yards a carry. But then, of course, then he fumbles last night. But then all, all the passing plays, if the first read isn't there, which it wasn't last night because Stephon Gilmore had Devonta Adams on lock, locked down. Yeah. Because Adams said earlier in the week, nobody can cover me one-on-one. And Stephon Gilmore said, took that as a personal challenge. So, yeah. yes, Adams had a touchdown. But for the most, most part, last night, Gilmore had Adams locked down. So, you know, Rodgers' first read, when it isn't there, you know, it becomes a busted play. And Rodgers... That's why I think people like him so much and think he's so great, and he's good at it, is because you know the pressure comes either from the outside or from the inside, and then he has to scramble around, and then you know the receivers get to make an alternate route, you know, and then he finds the opening guy and he puts it in a tight spot. But the offense never clicks, and Rodgers has never been one in that offensive system where they march down the field, Straight 9, forward. 10, 15 yeah. plays, you yeah. know, and they stack up leads. No, it's never been that. It's always had to be these dramatic, unbelievable plays to win games. And that's why everyone's like, oh, Rodgers does all these incredible things. Yes, he does. He does. And, I, you know, you can't take that away from him. But he's just not a good system quarterback, and the system's not very good. Right. I don't, you know, and you got to put a little it bit that, be, a little bit Rogers, of that on both of them. Is Rodgers the best quarterback? It should be on that level. Is Rodgers one of the most entertaining quarterbacks? Absolutely. Yeah, I get that. Because Brady's not entertaining. No. No, it's he, boring. It's, it's a and thousand paper cuts. Yeah. Right. To death, death. Death by a thousand cuts. Yeah. yeah. Not until recently in the last year or so was Brady one to like win in Dallas and walk out wearing a cowboy hat and saying there's a new sheriff in town and <laughs> play that whole yeah. dramatical thing. Rodgers is a TV personality with his commercials as well. Brady's a little bit more low-key and just off the record. Lately, he's been doing some commercials and flashing the rings and, like, get, doing his little, like, late seat, you know, in the end of his career, like, jab. Like, I am good. Listen up. But I get the whole debate because it creates drama. Yeah, but there's no debate here. I always say that shit just to get to you. <laughs> I know it sometimes does and sometimes doesn't. I mean, <laughs> but... It's ridiculous, yeah. is all, and it's disrespectful to my guy Brady. Anyway, so we talked about the, so we so we talked about <laughs> no, it's not, no, no, it's not. To say that Rodgers is in the same class as Tom Brady, until is disrespectful. Brady comes out and says it's disrespectful to him, you cannot say that. But Tom Brady, ever they say make that. money off no, of Tom they Brady do. would never say. No, that. they were kissing he each would. other's ass all week long. Yeah, it was like a bromance. Come on, Rodgers like didn't some... enjoy that. You could see that he didn't. He didn't like him. Well, because he and knows he he's one not of his the comments one. was a, he is more of a me guy. When Brady always talks about team, that's just another difference. And it's like it all comes down to the end. championships and what you do for that your comes team. from being a six round pick. Exactly. So anyway, so, so we so talked so. about the Packers' problems on offense, and you know that's why when you asked me earlier. In the, in the earlier episode, I don't know if it was last week or the week before, about the Packers, and yes, they're, they're done. They're not going anywhere. They're too far behind now. Their schedule is way too difficult. Um, it would be impressive if the Packers do do something, but their offensive system and Rodgers, the whole thing is not – there's no fluidity to it. It's a broken system. Okay, so now let's look at how the Patriots did last night offensively. So I knew going into this game that it was going to be an issue for Brady because Mike Pettin, the Green Bay Packers defensive coach – was the defensive coach for Rex Ryan, and Rex Ryan was with the Jets. Yeah. Those Jets gave Brady the biggest problems in Brady's career from a defensive standpoint. Right. And what they do is they clog up Main Street. So everything in the middle of the field is hard. and it, they, 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 they block it off. You know, They clog up the middle of the field. So if you're going to have success, you're going to have to go to the outside. So I knew that Josh Gordon was going to have to have a big game last night. And he did. 
But what they also do is they drop guys in the coverage that you don't expect, and they just, you know, like I said, they, right. they clog up Main right. Street, and they make it hard. And you could see in the third quarter that Brady was having a really difficult time reading the defensive coverage. I couldn't coverage. see shit, John. I was asleep. I'm sorry. But, yes, he had, a, he, had a, he had a stretch in the third quarter where he was one for eight, and he was getting frustrated and confused. And then it was 17-17, and you go into the fourth quarter, and the Packers were driving the ball to take the lead. And Aaron Jones has a nice run, and, of course, he fumbles the ball. Patriots get it back. They get stopped on a run, stopped on another one. It's third and seven. Brady converts a nice tight spiral for a third, third and seven first down gain. And then on the next play, what they started to do to take advantage of Mike Pettin's clog up mainstream, because what they were doing was clogging up Main Street, and they were being over-aggressive defensively. So as soon as the ball would go to one area, the whole defense would swarm to that area. Super aggressive defense. So McDaniels and Brady decided to switch it up, and they go misdirection. So they did a reverse to Edelman out to the right, and then he passes it back to the left. And the blocking was done perfectly, and that opened everything up. And then they kept doing some similar plays to that, and then eventually there was a play in the third quarter where they did a bubble screen to Hogan, and you could see all the Packers' defensive backs come right up and they gravitate to Hogan and stop Hogan. And then the Patriots had a similar formation set up in the fourth quarter when the game was 24-17. to 17. And it looked like a similar bubble screen going to the left to Julian Edelman. So Brady fakes it to Edelman. Josh Gordon's on the outside. All the defensive backs come up. Brady doesn't go to Edelman. Right. Josh Gordon gets wide open, and that's when he had a 55-yard touchdown. So you see what the Patriots do is they game plan for the entire game. They'll show you plays to try to set you up for something later on. Right. There's a, there's it's a game a, of chess. It, right. So there, there is a reason. your skirt. Show me what you're working with. There's a reason for all for their madness. Right. So it's just the, the difference is, you know, Brady wasn't fantastic last night. Rodgers definitely wasn't fantastic last night. It just, what you, it highlighted the different, what, what, what's good and what works for the Patriots and what is bad and what does, isn't working for the Packers. And that you know, you come you hear all the radio stations and the TV shows today saying, oh, well, you know, what if Rodgers was in the Patriot system and you know all these other excuses and stuff. And no what it comes down to, to me is that nobody just wants to give the Patriots and Brady their due. And that's your that's their problem. Their uh, John, their due is is five rings, eight trips to the Super Bowl. But no respect. How how many oh you don't think the Packers. I don't need it. You don't think the Packers respect the Patriots. You don't think like it's you, not the Packers. You have a, you have a, it's not the Packers. It's the Max Kellermans of the world. It's the no, even they the, have to survive. Mike of the world. Here we are. We're talking about sport. We to, I mean, those guys are making like tons of. They're surviving as a personality. They're intentionally Neg- getting under your negativity skin. Negativity gets clipped. Stephen A. Yes. Smith. If Stephen A. Smith came out and says, "Guys, this is just what I think today," and I just need to be honest with you. I just would, would like to have one person be... other than Skip Bayless in the Patriots' corner because it seems nuts to have just Skip Bayless well, as the one. They sell themselves, they're champions. Actually, that's not so true. Gonna... Colin Coward is in the Patriots' corner too, but the, but that's it. The rest of the guys are anti-Patriots. <laughs> Skip yeah. Bayless and Colin, Colin can, Coward. That's all we got. Fucking count me in that lot. I'm pretty I'm sure. And also, as a new a new TV analyst, I think Tony Romo is a pretty big uh, fan of like the organization. As well, it is. I'll keep stacking wins. You can keep stacking bad arguments. So Johnny, uh, <laughs> I'm not. That's a bad. What are, what are your What are your thoughts on Tom Brady eclipsing 1,000 yards rushing? 
It didn't happen, but I'll be excited when it does happen. Oh no, he got stopped at nine hundred ninety nine. Yeah, he's at nine ninety nine. God oh, damn my it! God. I don't know. I fell asleep. And even double check after the game said we could have used that yard because it, they got stopped. Right. It was seventeen <laughs> seventeen in the third quarter, and they were down on the goal line, and they had first and goal, and they got stopped four times. Oh well, fuck me for falling asleep. Uh, I also want to get your thoughts on the. Uh, the Jermaine Whitehead uh, slap and ejection on David Andrews. Like. Don't be an idiot and slap up. When you're in, you're trying, you're trying to um, look out for the head problems and the concussion problems of the players and the player safety in the league. And one thing the player shouldn't do is smack another player in the head in front of all the officials. All right. So, so to that end, Juju Smith-Schuster got smashed in the head. Uh, on a play that he got that was called a personal foul, but that was also offset by a holding call. What are your thoughts on that? I mean, if it's offsetting, it's offsetting. Should that be offsetting? Maybe though? he should have been ejected. Wait, they don't be a deduction in yards. It like shortens the fifteen yard like personal foul to ten, 10 yards. yards. I mean, I'm asking you. You're posing the question, so I mean, maybe I just don't think the the two things are equitable. Juju Smith-Schuster had to go into the tent for for three plays. Yeah, they're saying they're going to look out for player safety. Then that's one thing. Yeah, I, I feel like I feel like any head targeting um, penalty. Ejection. Well, <laughs> Toss. No. you're going to college. You get two and you're gone. No, I mean not. I mean not, they say they're all for player talking. safety. So you know you can't. The defensive player can't touch the quarterback in the head. Can't even touch him. No, I understand. Like it's just like. Well, they're protecting their investment. It's all about investments that creates... No, they're just pr- trying to protect how they look down the road. Yeah, just, no. ta- just talking about equity. Um, yeah, sounds sounds like it was a great game. I'm glad no, it wasn't a great game. I'm it really I, wasn't I'm glad I game. slept through it. It wasn't a great game. It wasn't, wasn't worth staying. It was a, de- it was a decent game. But, you know, it just... It, well, you know, I wanted to tied, be go- tied going into the fourth quarter. I planned on yeah. watching it, but I just boogied a little bit too hard. Yeah, we went, like I said, Brady struggled because of that. <laughs> Brady struggled because of the Rex Ryan-style defense, and it yeah. took them a while to figure it out. He did. Um, the Patriots' defense was fantastic against <laughs> Rodgers, but the, the whole system that they play with, like I said. So Who's taking that division? Packers aren't going to take that division. No, we already talked about this yeah. a couple weeks ago, didn't we? yeah. yeah. Like to 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 move on, uh, Patrick Mahomes has eight games with plus three hundred yards. Robert Griffin the third was also good when he won. <laughs> <laughs> you keep bringing this up, but I I don't see Patrick Mahomes taking the same chance. You never see it. You never see it. I'm not. Nobody saw Robert Griffin the third taking a dip. Everyone thought. He was the next big thing. So. <laughs> he was excited because he's running out of the pocket, so he just felt pressured like he had to be that guy. All right. He just didn't know how to slide. So, I mean, we'll see. So be- we'll see. And Andy Reid is... You're still is- pissed over this whole thing when it was Kansas City Patriots and it was all about Kansas City. Well, Kansas like- City has suddenly leaped the Patriots in the power rankings, even though the head-to-head oh, matchup a few weeks ago... Sake, the oh. power rankings. It's going to change. It picking... Can- picking- <coughs> picking a, a Super Bowl. Kind of you violence. saw what happened on the field between the two teams, and yet a week later, you're going to go and you're going to flip the power rankings back the way that you want them. That's what I'm saying with the disrespect of the Patriots. It's fucking ridiculous. I get it, but you are in the system. You're the one who says you hate the fucking media system in the, north, <laughs> in the Northeast when it's come to Boston sports, and you are sucked 
answer. This is kind of like an intervention again for you. No, I feel it's like not this is a recurring. I don't yeah. need intervention. I, I just need people to do what's right. That's all. <laughs> they're That's never, they're never going to do what's right, especially in media, because by by pushing the Chiefs ahead of the Patriots in the power rankings, they create this narrative, and you're buying into it. No, it they creates, there's there's the media hate. For the Patriots, and it always has been. And yeah, it's legitimate. Because Belichick doesn't give them what it's, they want. They, I hate the Patriots too. They get vanilla fine, interviews. It gives the players in the Patriots organization something to chew on exactly. and be pissed off and a chip on the shoulder. <laughs> they so deserve kind of everything they get. I want to hear you thank them for that. <laughs> thank you, media. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that would be a lot harder to get that out of them. Thank right. you, Max Kellerman, for the for the cliff that Tom Brady's about to fall off. So before, oh, when was that? Five years ago, the cliff. Right. So before we, before we head into the NHL. Uh, well, we got to do picks for next week. I was just gonna say, okay. Johnny, <laughs> He's it's time for guys. Johnny's like locks for the week. So everybody, get your pens out and get ready to mark down what you're picking in your pick'em against the spread. Remember to pick'em. Remember to pick'em. Fucking Marty forgot to put all of his one o'clock picks in. It was a rough weekend. <laughs> still isn't. Uh, I still haven't caught up to you though. So, <laughs> well, all right. So we got to start with you because I like to defer to you on Pittsburgh. Oh Jesus! Thursday night, Thursday. Carolina comes to Pittsburgh. That's in three days. I right? don't like. I don't like. Pittsburgh's us on, minus four. Yeah, I don't like us on short rest. Um, You're gonna try. You, if you turn this into a like. Fire back and forth. Who can score the most? You're gonna lose. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and McCaffrey to, had a bust out little game last. We week. need to have a good. We need to have a good defensive showing. Carolina's on the way up. We yes. need. Yeah, we need to do the same thing that we did against the Ravens. We need to have long drives, eat up the clock, and um, I don't know. I I gotta <laughs> I gotta like the home team here. I. I you, you know, know what? what I say. You know what? You know I can't you, say. Yeah, no, Nesto's picking Carolina. <laughs> I've got Carolina plus four. I, I had Carolina as well. I got yeah. Carolina plus four. Yeah, I don't want to say it. They're a team that's built well to play at home or on the road, and they're playing well right now, especially offensively. North North Turner's calling fantastic. I miss North Turner. Turner. Come back to the Cowboys. Oh, his game plans have been fantastic lately. Yeah. Speaking of misdirection plays and whatnot, holy smokes! He's a great. Just talk about scheming for different defenses and knowing how to game plan. He he does well, yeah. and McCaffrey like showed like he's a go to. He can run in between the tackles. Uh, that leap over that defender yesterday to stretch that out of twenty yards is like the best thing ever. I don't know if you saw that. Well, yeah, in no, twenty sixteen, playing at Stanford, he tried to leap over a defender and he got lit up. <laughs> so he made sure he cleared it. This time. Sometimes <laughs> white boy roots fail you as a running back. What are you going to do about it? I should have dropped that gallon of milk on the way home. <laughs> okay, so that's Thursday night's game. Um, so Sunday, November eleventh. Uh, this is week ten. Detroit at Chicago. We got Chicago minus seven. Chicago, like I said, they they're they're growing up fast. They yep. went to Buffalo and they steamrolled them without four takeaways. Was it holy without Khalil Mack? That's the most impressive thing. I know Buffalo doesn't have an offense, but they went on the road and took care of business, which is what their problem was early in the season, going mm-hmm. on the road and taking care of business. Yeah. So they're back home this week. It's a division game, which gives me pause. Um, 
People are going to take Chicago. I'm going to go Detroit plus seven. Ooh. Division game. Yeah. And and so you know Stafford was was within one score this past Sunday against Minnesota until final turnover. But Minnesota had ten sacks in that game. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. How does Nate Peterman go as the Buffalo Bills quarterback? 189 yards and three interceptions, but his QB rating goes up. Because he plays for Buffalo. <laughs> Nate Peterman. <laughs> How awful are you? I'll never forget that, that Chargers half. first half last year when he threw five oh in the first God. half. Jesus, Lord. How is he still surviving the league? Did you see Tyrod Taylor today? He was like, ha, not Tyrod Taylor, EJ Manuel was like, How do I not have a job? And this guy does. <laughs> okay, so the first few picks. Nesto has Pittsburgh. I've got Carolina plus four. Next one is Detroit at Chicago. I've got Detroit plus seven. I, Next I, game after for the that. Record, I don't have Pittsburgh. Okay, so <laughs> Carolina plus four, Detroit plus seven, New Orleans seven and one at Cincinnati. Saints are minus four and a half. The game is at one o'clock. Cincinnati loves playing at one o'clock. Cincinnati plays well at one o'clock. Cincinnati plays well at home. Saints are coming off a huge win, so this They'll is a be spot. On this one. Exactly. This this is a game where you take Cincinnati at home plus four and a half. Um, just you know, the percentages say more often than not that this is a spot you want to take the home dog. The next game is Atlanta, 4-4, four four, going to Cleveland, 2-6-1. Atlanta, surprisingly, is only a four-point favorite, but I'm still taking Atlanta. <laughs> They're headed in the right direction. Cleveland is not. Next game is Jacksonville, 3-5, at Indianapolis, 3-5. Uh, so this is kind of a stay-alive game in the division. Do we think that Jacksonville has what it takes, or can Andrew Luck... Take him down. I think Indianapolis is on the way up. Jackson's on the way down. I'm taking Indianapolis minus two and I like a half. That pick. Arizona, two and six at Mahomes and the Chiefs, eight and one. Holy moly! Kansas City minus seventeen. How about that line? Well, with a spread that high, you take you, you go with it. Casey, you lay the points. Casey minus seventeen. You have to that because that's basically telling you the game can't be high enough. Right. They can't get it high enough. Okay, so Buffalo two and seven at the Jets three and six. These teams are going the wrong in the wrong direction, but yet the Jets are still minus nine. Why? <laughs> <laughs> Getting his thought process right now. Learn, learn, everybody. I, I, the division game like this, I can't, I can't. And with the Jets. How can you lay nine points with the Jets in any game? You can't. I gotta take Buffalo plus nine. All right, uh, Washington five and three going to Tampa Bay three and five. Tampa Bay is minus three. Going Washington plus three here. Patriots at Tennessee. Tennessee's playing the Monday night game right now. Patriots are seven and two. Going on the road to Tennessee, three and four. Tennessee's got Mike Rabel, who was an old Patriots linebacker, as their first-year head coach. They have Deion Lewis. They have Malcolm Butler. Um, it's a tricky one. I'm usually not that great with the Patriots, to be to be honest. But I'm gonna go New England minus seven here. But it's a tough one. I'm gonna take Titans that game. It's a close one. Before you said that, I was already thinking yeah. about that. All right. Yeah. It's a tough one. 
All right, now moving on to the four o'clock games. Chargers six and two at Oakland one and seven. That's Holy a layup, cow! Right? Oakland that Thursday night game against San Francisco. This is another game where the spread is ridiculously high. Release the Chargers are minus eleven. Release another defensive player. Yeah, so you got to take the Chargers minus eleven here. I I just can't justify. How would anyone put money on Oakland? So the whole spin now in Oakland is like, all right, we got five first round draft picks. And they're like spitting this for the future and the rebuild in Vegas, but well, we'll get on top of that later on yeah, the day. Yeah. But like, yeah, rebuild in Vegas is their whole thing. They're tanking this season, yeah. and seems like the last Thursday was ugly. Yeah. Okay, the next game is Miami five and four at Green Bay, trying to save its season three four and one. Green Bay's minus ten here. Gotta take. Got to take the cheese heads in this. I, I agree. I agree. It's three. It's ten for a reason. Okay. And the next game is Seattle four and four at the Rams eight and one. Rams are minus eleven and a half. In a division game like that, Seattle they know each other well. I but like they're coming. Com- Russell Wilson. No, I'm taking Seattle plus Same. eleven and a half. Yep, I agree to that. Okay, and then we move on to Sunday night, and which should be a big game as long as Dallas wins tonight. Uh, Dallas three and four, possibly four and four against Philly, also four and four. Philly's minus seven. I like Michael Irvin said today. This is the dawn of a new age in Dallas Cowboy football, and God's still writing the Bible. So I'm going to take the Cowboys plus seven here. Ah, man, I don't know, Cowboy fan. I'm looking at a Golden Tate. So you know up. this matchup better. Than most. Yeah, so, but I just, I, I just feel like Philadelphia coming off their bye week now. They got their receiver out of this trade deadline. You know, that is a scheme they can throw in with Tate. And they are fresh and looking at possibly tying for the number one spot. So I <sighs> take Philly in this. I do. Hmm. Huh. I'm sticking with the Cowboys. Plus yeah. Five. All right. And, then and, we, and I tell you what, by the end of next week, if I didn't take Philly in that in our Pick'em League, you can slap me square across the face. I just feel like uh, if Cowboys win tonight, that's big. But are they going to scheme well for a rest of the Philadelphia team, which can scheme in a new receiver, just like they did with Cooper scoring first tonight for the Cowboys? I just don't like how that sets up. I just don't like it at all. Who do you like for the Monday night game? I don't have a line on it, but you get the Giants one and seven at San Francisco, who's two and seven. Who are uh, trying out some receivers? Do you guys have a line on this one? Uh, I don't. no, there are no probably lines. with the quarterback. No lines out, but I, I like San Francisco in this game. Nolan's fever. Yeah, Nolan's feeling it. Riding, riding the high of momentum. Yeah, let's go with San Francisco. The Giants and Eli can't get much done. All right. Sounds good. All right, so now I will remind everybody as a little disclaimer that these picks are as good as gold. (laughs) You want to take every bit of savings you have. Second mortgage, second mortgage. (laughs) Yeah, and pour them directly into your nearest bookie. And if you have any complaints on any (laughs) picks that don't work out, you want to direct those uh, right to gr- at Green Mountain Grinder. That's Green MT <laughs> Grinder uh, on Twitter. I'll pay you back. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and you will be risk- you will be paid in full for uh, all winnings lost. So 
That's at Green Mountain Grinder, Green MT Grinder. And you can hit me up later in the week if you if you feel like it, if you want to. Because like what we did last week, some of the lines change as the week goes on. So we ahead. talked about this. So through Twitter and our Facebook page, we should just do a possible just like you're just run down the line update on like a Thursday or Friday. I mean, but Thursday before going into the game. If, you, if you're up to that. Yeah, that's fine. You know, build on that. You, you can look for that. As well, because okay. uh, this guy is killing it in our league, in our pickle league. Oh, she's absolutely like slapping the pants off. But of I still everybody. felt comfortable enough to sleep through my picks on Sunday <laughs> because I love a good comeback story against Johnny. So I didn't have a great week this week because Marty loves the public on eleven and zero this week, <laughs> and I don't. I don't usually bet with the public. Yeah, I'm not a public better. So if you're a public better, you may not like me. <laughs> Keep that up. I like the sharp side. It's disclaimers of disclaimers of disclaimers. <laughs> All right, Marty, why don't you toss me another beer, and we will open up our first NHL check-in of the year. Ooh, ooh, girl, thank you very much. Got a nice good water brewery. Speaking uh, of, is uh, the disdain between you and John Short still just flowing hard right now through hockey? Yeah, I uh, I sent him a um, John Short, aka Boozer, our uh, hockey um, insider. I told him we had to go at least one day before I could call him Boozer. He has not called me back yet. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't he doesn't respond well to anything. I'm surprised he even. Credit to him, he did reshare um, our hockey uh, preview that we did, so right. thanks to Thank him you. for doing that. Um, but yeah, he doesn't give a fuck <laughs> <laughs> about literally anything other than actual hockey. Right. But uh, we'll do our uh, first hockey check in of the year. We're about 15 games in. Um, Biggest thing on my list right now is scumbag of the year, fucking Tom Wilson. His 20-game suspension was held up after appeal. Uh, he appealed on October 18th. Uh, he's forfeiting $1.2 million of his uh, average annual uh, contract of $5.17 million. He already received a $5 million bonus. Um, so if this survives a, an appeal by the neutral arbitrator, whoever that is, I know who that is, he will not see another paycheck this year. Really? And nothing will make me happier um, than to see that because he took out my boy in the playoffs last year. Uh, Zach Aston Reese broke the shit out of his jaw. Um, Two days after nearly paralyzing uh, Brian Dumoulin, it was just just a bad scene. This guy's a bad dude. He goes out there trying. If to that actually him. happens, can we uh, like trademark Wilson investment T-shirts? <laughs> a trade Tom, you should Tom never Wilson. fucking invest in at Tom all. Wilson? Tom yeah. Wilson. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, so um, Gary Bettman, the commissioner of the NHL, called it an appropriate wake-up call. Uh, this is kind of an unprecedented thing. Usually it's like one of those things where like you hit a guy on the head, you get five games. The next time you get it, you get ten games. His last suspension was only four games when he, when he knocked out Zach Aston Reese. So to bump it up to 20 is um, 
is is really kind of like laying down the law. Now, granted, this happened in a preseason game. So this guy is hurting people outside of season for seemingly no reason. There's a, there's yeah, no there's no skin no skin in the game. He just sees a guy with his head down and goes and tries and fucking kill him. So the appeal will be heard by um, Shiam Daz. This guy has to have the weirdest name ever. I don't know. He's the same arbiter that heard the uh, Austin Watson appeal. Now, Austin Watson, uh, domestic assault charges that he pled no contest to in October. He was originally given 27 games by the league. The arbiter, uh, this Shyam Das, or whatever. Try. Yeah, guy knocked down. If you want to correct us at all on one of our social media pages, feel free because, like we said, we're open to it. We can take some shit. Uh, So he knocked it down to 18. Um, So the only thing we have to go on here as far as what may happen uh, is what has happened previously. Uh, Now, Watson's hearing was on September 26th, and it wasn't his, his... ruling wasn't announced until October 11th. If we're working on a similar timeline, we won't get a ruling until November 15th. Uh, At that point, Wilson will have served 18 games already. Um, So, what what we're looking at here is not necessarily him getting back any sooner, because two games doesn't mean fuck all in an 82-game season. Um, What we're looking at is, is... his the loss of money that he'll be receiving. Okay. So we'll see how that works out. We'll definitely um, get back to you because uh, I fucking hate the guy. Um, what winds up happening? But we're looking at a return November twenty first against Chicago. Um, and for people who don't necessarily watch NHL, <laughs> me, uh, is this a common issue? In the league, or is he a rarity of such? 20-game suspension for a headshot is almost unheard of. Okay. Unless you get a guy who's really knocking people out all the time right. like this guy does. So, um, For example, Marshan for his antics, he gets like five well, games. I mean, right, exactly. What's his penalty minutes? We are looking at this earlier today. Like Marshan's penalty minutes? Oh, we'll get into it. Yeah, we'll okay. get into it. Yeah. But we were ta- it's funny because we are talking about it earlier today as well. Yeah. Uh, the other big news in uh, NHL is that the King, uh, the Kings have struck first in the annual uh, coach firing fiesta that uh, that happens. Um, gotta love the NHL because there's always a lot of coaches getting fired um, because the the union, the players' union, is really so strong that a lot of times that's really the only shakeup you can kind of do. Uh, in a team, the Kings fire head coach John Stevens and uh, hire former Vancouver coach Willie Desjardins. Um, funny enough, after a win, they beat Columbus four to one. Yeah, they beat Columbus four to one. It's it's one of those so it things. Just decided. Yeah, some was of this those, a road game? Uh, I don't know. Okay, so, I'm just wondering. Like when he gets back, we can just share a little little information. <laughs> <laughs> Some, sometimes it just happens, though. They decide it's going to happen. They're yeah. like, on Saturday, we're going to call One win is not going to change. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Um, now, with the Kings, like, I feel bad for this guy. He's only had – he had last whole season and 13 games of this season. Quick start. 
Yeah, Quick's hurt. Dustin Brown's been hurt for a lot of this. Um, they added Ilya Kovalchuk, and they just haven't got off to the start that they thought they would. It's they're four eight and one, and uh, they're at the bottom of the Pacific. Yeah. So it's not going to do them. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Tough conference to fall behind. Go, go back to the NHL preview. Where did you have them going into this? Oh, I had them sucking. Okay, sucking dick hard. They're they have the uh, the oldest um, average team. Okay, you know, like if you take the average age of all the players, I think they're like thirty one and thirty one point seven. And that's that's I pretty cool. I smell old. a Cialis commercial coming. <laughs> so just going through some of some of the things uh, about the NHL that are um, sticking out at me. I got the Islanders are a pleasant surprise losing Johnny T. Uh, they're still fucking kicking ass right now, and they're and they're taking names with with not a marquee goaltender. They're at eight Thomas four and Price. one. Yeah, I mean, I haven't DFS tonight. Oh, you haven't. Oh, they fucking blew a three to one lead at home to Montreal. <laughs> well, I have. I have the Montreal at a surprising seven four and two. I mean, they've been, they've been uh, turning heads as well. You know, uh, overperforming. Uh, Carey Price has been at his absolute best, carrying a team with absolutely no defense. Shea Weber still hurt. You know, but they're still getting it done. Um, the Islanders going into this game before they blew have they officially blown it? Or uh, is it's end of OT 3-3 so they're going into OT on a 5 game winning streak so we'll see what happens at the end of that shoot up Maple Leafs are still buzzing despite losing Austin Matthews to a uh, shoulder injury. Now, the good things for Leaf fans here is that it isn't the same shoulder injury. It isn't the same shoulder injury that took him out last year. Uh, It's it's the – I think it's his right shoulder as opposed to last year. It was his left shoulder. Uh, They're clocking in at uh, 9-5-0. and Uh, My Penguins – uh, started out strong, fallen off lately. Um, it, our, we were having some serious goaltending issues. We have serious defensive issues as well. Uh, we got Justin Schultz out for a couple months, at the very least, with a broken leg. Um, although I will say this, I got to love how my, uh, my top centers are performing. Crosby with six goals and eight assists. At a plus five, Malkin with seven goals and thirteen assists, plus one. Um, but Murray's a little bit underperforming. Uh, four wins, three losses, three point six eight goals against average, and an eight ninety save percentage. That's just not going to get it done. Um, and he's already had uh, uh, some injury issues throughout the year. Uh, he's tall as hell, but Mister Glass has got to get his shit together. Um, Hurricanes have uh, had a hot hot start, but they've started to cool off a little bit. They're at six six and two. Uh, the Capitals' hangover is setting in. They're at five four and three. Um, Lightning are meeting expectations. They're at ten three and one. Game of the week though. Wednesday you got Pittsburgh at Washington. We got Pittsburgh at Washington. It's going to be a good benchmark um, to see what we're looking at. It's basically a, an Eastern Conference no matter uh, what, it'll be preview. Good, good yeah, action. absolutely, absolutely. That's that's a budding 
that's really a, a, a budding rivalry that I've had a lot of fun watching and having it grow over the years. I mean, three conference finals in a row. I mean, you can't fucking argue with that. Uh, Predators are leading the Central and have most in, uh, points in the NHL. 22 points. They are 11 and 3. They're absolutely they're amazing. They Our just, friend just got back from a home game. She just said it's just crazy. Oh, it's, it's, the, it's the best hockey market in... Uh, Whoever thought Nashville. It's the, just one. It's the best hockey... <laughs> it's the best hockey. We'll talk about it in a little bit. It's the best hockey hockey market in uh, in America. You know, nothing's ever going to beat um, Toronto. But uh, they just signed Pecorina to a uh, two-year, ten million dollar contract. He was last year's Vezina winner. That's Marty. That's the goalie. He won award. a Vezina. A Vezina. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like a, sounds like an Italian car that's going to die on you. <laughs> I get this brand new two seater Vesna. The the Oilers um, have have started to I, for me uh, a tepid eight four and one. I mean, make it eight five and one. Eight five and one. They just lost. Washington one four two tonight. All right, so there you go. They're not um, underperforming again. I think you know because they. They're overpaying their stars, and they have no goaltending, and they're just not getting it done. Um, and we'll move it over to the Bruins. Johnny? Just uh, tonight was the first night that Tuka Rask was in net in three games. So to me, it appears that you know, Tuka's been like this for the last few years, ever since he got paid, or ever since his Vezina Trophy winning season. You know, he have his moments late in the year in the playoffs where he went through his struggles, but now his struggles have seeped into the first part of the year as well. So now we're really all we're really getting is a few months, two or three months, January, February, March, where he's playing really well. And so it we is. Saw, so it is an Italian car. It doesn't last. <laughs> so I have. I have. <laughs> so I have numbers from before this game. It's three wins, three losses, a 315 goals against, and a 902 save percentage, which isn't terrible. But it's on, and it's on the way up, too. But that's an, terrible that's, an, that's an indictment. A 902 save percentage with a 315 goals against is an, is an indictment but against Halak's the defense. Better, but Halak's been much better. That's H- why Halak... Halak is 4-1. If you read Cassidy's quotes, though. Halak is 4-1-2 and two with a 1.4 goals against... And a nine point five a point nine five two save percentage. So I think I think it's a it's a it is this is symptomatic of um, backup goaltenders across the league where the team plays better in front of them because they don't take as many chances because they don't trust them as much. The Bruins turned their season around last year around Thanksgiving when Cassidy said we're going with Kadobin until Tuka pick turns his game around. And so Tuka got benched for five consecutive games. And when he came back, he turned it around. The team turned it around. They went on their run where they had this incredible run last year. Similarly, Cassidy's starting to make these same types of comments. You saw um, Halak start Saturday night at home against uh, or at Nashville. Was that at, Na- at Nashville on Saturday night? It was at Nashville, right? Right. And they lost one nothing. So he still had a, he had forty seven or forty eight saves, but they lost one nothing. So he still played well, but there's even more quotes coming from Cassidy recently that suggest that if Tuca doesn't pick up his game, 
Halak is going to continue to see the starting job. Nobody has locked up the starting job right now. So tonight, yes, the Bruins won 2-1 to one in, in overtime, but the first goal, the Bruins were on a power play, and Dallas scored a shorthanded goal, and it was an extremely soft goal. So the Dallas went ahead one nothing early in the first period. Thankfully, Pasternak, who's on fire now, leads the league in goals after he ties it up on that same power play in the first period to go 1-1-1, one, 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 and the Bruins pull it out 2-1 to one in overtime, like yeah, I said. I was really hoping Bishop was going to be a goal for the Stars tonight. Well, they put Kudobin in, you yeah. know, but kind of the kudobin Rask thing because they yeah. were the two Bruins netmeyer well, men Bishop's last year. Hot. We can get, we can, we're going to get into that a little bit, too. Yeah. So, anyway, um, the Bruins still kind of feeling out their early season. Um, so they win tonight. Their next game isn't until Thursday. They got Vancouver Thursday night. And then after that, Saturday, Toronto comes to Boston. That'll, be, that'll the, be a big game. The problem for me with the Bruins is that they're so top-heavy. It's the erection every, line, and that's it. Everything happens from the first line. You got Bergeron. Erection line. You got Berge- I will not erection say, line. I don't want to say that. That's Bergeron's got <laughs> seven. It's worth the only two goals tonight. And Fosternick and Marshan. And thir- erection line. And 13, go- and 13 games played. What's it Berge- called? God damn it. <laughs> 13 games. Bergeron's got 7 goals, 12 assists, a plus 5. Pasta's got 11 goals. 12 now. Excuse me? 12 goals? Correction. Who knows how many assists? These are fucking <laughs> early numbers. We're live. Five, <laughs> 5 assists, plus 6. Marshawn, 4 goals, 11 assists. Probably all of Pasta's were assisted by Marshawn. And 46 penalty minutes. This guy's a fucking joke. A rat bitch, son of a bitch. This guy's... Fuck. So we're going to bash him as he scores the game winner against your team tonight, Marty? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, With 30 absolutely. seconds to go in overtime? Yes, absolutely. I, don't I am know absolutely going to bash him. I don't know because the way. did you see... Did you I see... I love the guy. Did you see Ooh. his fucking... Uh, like... Embellishment penalty that he took? No. Oh, my God. So he embellished a high stick where the guy didn't even move his arm. Classic Martian trying to help the team win. Oh. oh fuck God, you. Him. Fuck you. Has he looked a face this year? <laughs> playoff nope. time. No, no. He's, all right, all right. he's been, told, that. He, he's been right. told he's not allowed to lick any more faces. We've got 10 minutes. Before we move into... Uh, I know Marty's got a whole thing on the Dallas Stars he wants to get to. It's my essay for you. I'm he, learning. Asa Lindell. Asa Lindell. Asa Lindell. He's done his homework. So before we get into that, I just want to talk about the NHL uh, MGM partnership. Oh, I got excited. I got a little and erection. Fan, I got a little erection. Yeah, That's what I was going Fanduel right is now. pending. Fanduel is pending. But MGM will gain access to uh, all intellectual property and marketing for the NHL. They'll also be... Uh, given access to advanced game data currently being developed by the league so that's like it's big everything everything is like how fast you will be able to do prop bets on how fast a skater can skate you know uh, or how fast a shot will be or you know also time on how ice. long Marshan like, licks in the air for yeah exactly like literally fucking everything Batman how long says it takes more to get a third job to afford this Batman <laughs> says the tech should be should be ready for prime time by next season 
uh, and the revenue created. This is the important thing, though. The revenue created by this partnership will be considered hockey-related revenue, which means the owners and the players will split split this revenue 50-50. So bigger salaries. Yes, this means this is like NBA level type. Exactly, exactly. This means that this is going to take the NHL, which is only accounts for two percent of Vegas um, betting. What will take? Will take? Will make them fucking prime time. Just roughly speaking, what at what point do they lose like their national like publicity contract? Because they fell off for a while. The team, the lockout, like it, it really hurt hockey, and it's just been like grinding and making its way back. Like but the I, mid nineties. Yeah. So I, I just feel like this is like this is going to be a defining moment for the league to be relevant again, to just create salaries, create a market media to like be on that level to where it was mm-hmm. in those early, you know, mid eighties to early nineties. Yeah. It's absolutely. huge. All right, Johnny or uh, Marty, oh, tell us so tell us about your stars. This is, I'm gonna. I'm, this is not a report. This is an essay for you because I'm gonna okay. prove myself to you. <clears throat> uh, Dallas Stars title, My Rising Stars. <laughs> Chapter one, Road Warriors. Okay. Dallas Stars, after dropping their first three road games, come in hot winning their last three. More impressive, they haven't trailed in any one of those three. <laughs> one of those against Stanley Cup champs, Capitals, who are four and who won four. To three in overtime victory. And are still drunk as shit from the summer. But they started out hot. Back to essay. You're hot. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's like when you wake up at seven in the morning after a hard night out and you're like still like fuck Just yeah, let's do and this. Slinging. Yeah, you like okay. you like pound your girl out, you're like, Woo, here we go. And then like three hours later you're puking and dying. As here my daddy go. called that a Tuesday. <laughs> Back to SA. Stars going 5-1-0 and in the last six games will end their road trip in Columbus Tuesday. Nesto, <clears throat> did you know <laughs> Stars are fifth with goals against? Wow. Sixth in penalty killing. Man. Twelfth on power play. Gee whiz. Fourteenth in goals per game. Holy smokes. All right. All this coming with... Tyler Sagan score he's in a scoring drought right now. Yeah. You know you know that right. Well, that's why the Bruins tra- yes. traded him. Uh, uh, they uh, just signed him to a massive mega. No, deal. that's why the Bruins traded him. I wrote in They throw, saw the scoring drought coming. Yeah, five years ago. I wrote in throw funny side note here. My fellow Texans would call him Tyler Sagan. <laughs> Gotta laugh. That's extra credit. Ben Bishop has been getting better and better in the goal. He has a 6-4 record, .923 save percentage. Nine wins puts him among one of the league's best. <laughs> Spezza has been surprising source of offense. Three goals, 10 points, Spezza. and 13 games. Spezza. Spezza. This is not a grammar. <laughs> he has Report. been a surprising, yes. surprising point of offense. He just so. played in his 1,000th. Career game the other night. Nice. And Devin Shore has caught some recent fire as well. Yes, they're climbing towards the Predators. Oh, look at you go. Don't forget about rookie Asa Lindell. Third, third overall pick from 
19-year-old playing defense. <laughs> I'm gonna write a Lindbergh. I'm gonna write a solid B in this report, Johnny. So back the fuck off, okay? So everybody, be sure to uh, give love to Marty Griffin for his rousing Dallas Stars. If you want star. my sporting sporting sport betting NHL line, you can. Really, I'll, I'll start throwing them out there. That's uh, yes. your winner. Nobody fucking wants that. Is there a disclaimer for that? <laughs> <laughs> so I hope you guys enjoyed uh, this week's episode of the Green Mountain Sports Roundup. We got an extra treat for you coming up uh, here on the next episode. Uh, we have our NBA preview. We're gearing up for that. That'll uh, be coming Right fucking now. Get ready, Johnny. I gotta pee and smoke. <laughs> I also have to pee and smoke. So I have you to guys, smoke and pee. <laughs> you guys hang in there. Thanks for sticking around. You can find us uh, at Green Mountain Sports on both Twitter and Facebook, and you well, can find Johnny at Green Mountain uh, Grinder on Twitter. You can find me at Nasty Nesto. No A N S T Y N E S T O. On Twitter. Oh, Wait, so is our Twitter at Sports Green or is it? What well, is it? We're working that out. Okay. I I've already gotten the at. And I'm I'm covering the that one. Up. Yeah. Green Mountain Sports handles. And I'm your Instagram and Facebook guy. I'm just sticking to that. All at right? what? At what is that Green Mountain Sports Roundup? Green Mountain Sports Roundup. Jeez, all right. Crap. Thanks for sticking around, guys. We love you. Please comment, share. React. Like us. Like us. <laughs> Please like us. Even if you don't like us, just, share. just like it. If you've made it to this point, you already like us. Please share. Please comment. The more you interact with us, the more we get out there. So we love you. Thanks a lot.